Boy, does that feel good. Boy, does that feel good. That was the comments of the Premier after he finally, finally got a haircut earlier today. Premier Ford is in the Windsor area. And yes, feeling, uh, I guess, a little lighter and a little fresher after he got a haircut in nearby Leamington. So welcome, uh, Producer Mary. And uh, Rob, of course, is always behind the controls, joining us here on this uh, Thursday. Because I don't think, Mary, I don't think I've even asked you, have you had a COVID haircut yet? I mean, the Premier, he might be the last in the province to finally get one. I have not. I have not ventured into a salon. I ventured into my kitchen and got the scissors, uh, but I have not gone to a salon. So did you do it no. yourself, Mary? I did. Nice. I have a, I have a head of long hair, so if, even if I do a little trim, I can't go too far wrong. So that's what I've been doing. It's not like, you know, a big, you know, difficult thing to do, but I have not gone to a salon yet. How about you guys? Yeah, you know, Mary, that's a good point, by the way, about the long hair, because you've got that kind of long, flowing, kind of Farrah Fawcett almost sort of... Oh, stop. <laughs> go on. No, really, go on. Go on. <laughs> really, Mary, but you know hair, what? I didn't know Mary's hair was feathered. You're still yeah. doing the feathered hair in 2020? <laughs> it used to be. You've seen my uh, elementary and high school pictures. I see. Thank you, my fans. But it does give you a certain margin for error yeah. because when you've got that shorter hairstyle or shorter hairdo, such as myself, uh, you, you got to be a little more precise because just one wrong clip and like the whole thing just goes haywire. It goes wrong. Rob, you've been actually, I, I think you and I talked about this a while back. You were actually shaving your own head, right? I did on uh, June 4th. I shaved my own head and I'm due for <laughs> okay, another one. By the way, I can tell it didn't go wrong, Mary, or it didn't go right because he remembers the exact date. It was actually, June the right? 4th. The only yeah. reason I remembered is because it was my daughter's birthday and it did actually go quite quite right. I was really impressed with myself. So You did it yourself, Robbie? Y yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to do it again. I'm due for an, I'm still okay right now, but maybe in another week I'm going to break them out again and... and trim it down yeah see that's something i just can't do i just don't trust myself enough to cut <laughs> my own hair really that really is a certain skill level jeff it has is... trust issues with himself well yeah. now let's not forget <laughs> jeff also is on television so in the morning so you know i, I can appreciate that you want to make sure you don't make a mess of it because everybody's going to see it on tv right Oh, yeah, you got to be razor sharp. I'm telling you right now that this hair has got to be quaffed and it's just got to be razor sharp every single. No, come on. Uh, anyways, Premier Ford finally getting his COVID haircut today. As we mentioned, he is in the Windsor area. They, of course, a border city. And there's a lot of talk about the border. The talk about the border heating up once again. The latest closure set to expire next week, but with COVID cases surging in the U.S., you just heard Reggie Cicchini, Global News' Reggie Cicchini, in the newscast at the top of the hour with the shocking news that Florida has once again set another daily record when it comes to daily COVID cases. With that, there appears to be very little appetite on the part of Canadians to reopen the border anytime soon. Susan Anzolan is the executive director for the Institute for Border Logistics and Security. And she joins us now to talk not only about the border possibly reopening, but what a reopened border eventually could look like. And she joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Susan, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Okay. Should yeah, the border be reopened on the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying how appropriate. The premier is here in the area, so... Thanks for the focus on the Windsor-Essex region. 
Uh, not a problem at all. Do you think the border should be reopened on the 21st? You know, clearly at the, the busiest border crossing in between Canada and the United States, uh, the border plays an important role for those of us living in Windsor and Essex County. And, uh, and so the decision to close it was, at least to close it to non-essential uh, travel, was really quite uh, unprecedented. Uh, but we all knew that this was the right thing to do, just in terms of the health and safety of Canadians, as well as Americans. And so, you know, it's all about science, and we're looking at the numbers, and, and certainly nobody wants to, um, you know, wants the virus to spread back into Canada and that we, uh, you know, that the curve starts to go the opposite way. So my short answer to your question is no, nobody wants the border to open to non-essential travel, at least right now, without having a better sense of controlling um, the virus and its trajectory in the United States. Okay, as somebody who deals in this border logistics and security, how, Susan, how will we know when the time is right? Yeah, you know, Jeff, so interestingly enough, um, one of the big accomplishments in terms of, you know, having to control what's happening here at the border is that both Canada and the United States and the border authorities at all of the ports of entry have uh, made sure that uh, at the border, the essential travel, so um, commercial goods as well as those essential workers are still able to cross. And so that's a huge accomplishment. And that's critically important for regions like Windsor Essex that really depend on you know, an integrated supply chain that's beyond just the Canadian borders. And so we've still been able to kind of have that trade. Uh, and so that's important to us. Had it been closed completely, uh, I would have been saying a lot of different things. But we know that there are families, there are friends. Our tourism is affected by the fact that, you know, the border is closed. So how do we know? Back to your question. Yeah, I think, you know, right now the continued 30-day extension um, is, is a good stopgap. But we need to start thinking about what's the future. And so we need to start putting in place a framework and we need to start looking at, you know, what are the technologies in place to help us? Uh, and there are some, right? So, Well, let's talk a bit about that if we could, because, yeah, how would the border look different moving forward when it eventually one day reopens? I mean, are we looking at, I don't know, maybe health officials there alongside Border Patrol agents, that sort of thing? Well, they are already here. So <clears throat> Public Health Agency of Canada has um, uh, has allocated um, health officials at 30 ports of entry across Canada, between Canada and the United States. So in the Windsor-Essex region, uh, there are two Public Health Agency of Canada officials that are right now at our borders at either the Windsor-Detroit Tunnel or the Ambassador Bridge. And that's helpful, right? Because Having been a, um, a former customs officer, the border services officers, their responsibility is so great that to now ask them to diagnose people in terms of, you know, are they safe from, uh, you know, are they carrying or not carrying uh, COVID-19 is too much to ask. So having, having these health experts is, uh, is helpful. Um, but we got to look at more things than that, right? Um, Interestingly enough, I just had a conversation with a company the other day looking at how can we use blockchain technology to develop perhaps a health passport. So as you cross the border, you can indicate, you know, I've had my, I've been tested for COVID-19 and I'm negative. 
Um, and so those are some of the things that we're looking at. Um, the other thing that I think is very interesting from CBP and CBSA, the border authorities, they've been phenomenal during this COVID-19. And so they're putting in place processes and practices to really uh, minimize the amount of touch between those travelers and themselves. So you see e-gates, and, and what that is is that you've got an RFID reader who reads uh, somebody's Nexus card. Uh, there's nobody in the booth, but somebody is looking at the card, making sure that who's in the vehicle using um, you know, artificial intelligence is the person that's on the card, and then allowing them to go through. Um, the CBSA is also looking at trusted travelers and trusted trader programs in terms of the secured trade corridors. So there are some things that are happening right now, um, but we know that more needs to happen. Okay, let, let me ask you about because it's really interesting some of this technology that is or could be employed at the border to ensure public health. Can you, the law right now, are you able to, can you turn somebody away just because they happen to have a fever or, or you know, cough when they're there at the inspection station? So if they're a Canadian returning to Canada, you can't uh, reject them. But if they're uh, a foreign national, yeah, that would be the basis to say, you know, you are exhibiting symptoms that are unsafe to our national security. Uh, and yes, you know, we're returning you back to go back to the United States. That ability exists as of right now, or is that something that we need to change in the laws, that there needs to be an amendment? No, as of June 29th, um, Public Health Agency of Canada received additional authorities to ask uh, some of these questions at the border, and that authority is also delegated to all of the border services officers. So that ability to make, or to, to make those assessments and to make those calls in terms of rejecting or allowing somebody in is right now available. Okay. Uh, do they have the right tools? And do they? Uh, I mean, when are we talking just about temperature guns here that uh, when you drive up to the border, now people could check uh, your forehead and your temperature. If you're running a fever, is that enough to go to secondary inspection where you'll be asked a bunch of questions by health uh, officials? Is that what we're looking at? Is that the future, do you think? I think so. It's the here and now. It's going on right now and that uh, people can be uh, turned away for uh, public uh, health concerns. I also wanted to ask you as well, Susan, about uh, concerns when it comes to contact tracing, because we've heard a lot about people coming back to the country and not necessarily quarantining or abiding by the uh, 14-day uh, rule right now. Are those in place right now? Are we able to contact trace effectively when it comes to people coming over the border? Yeah, I've, I've heard, uh, I heard a news report yesterday that, um, you know, that we may not have the full capacity to check on every single person that is being put into quarantine. So, again, you know, this is unprecedented times. We have limited resources. You know, the people at the ports of authority, uh, ports of entry, we're asking a lot for these people, uh, and especially now that you know, they never had to determine somebody's ability to enter a country based on their health. Uh, and so having somebody from public health agency is good. But then how do you, as you indicated, how do you maintain that contact with them after they've entered the, um, the country? 
Well, listen, these are some very important questions that uh, obviously are being asked. They need thoughtful answers. And of course, it's uh, you know really interesting to hear some of the changes that could occur and have already occurred at the border. Susan, no doubt we will continue to be uh, talking about this, but thank you so much for your time with us this afternoon and joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jeff, and thanks to all of your listeners for listening in. All right. Be well. There goes Susan Anazulin. She is the Executive Director for the Institute for Border Logistics and Security.